Pastor Xavier Reese and the dangerous cycle of unchecked sin. The scenario was one of calculated premeditated murder. He was angry. He was called to it. He didn't heed to it. He's thinking about it. He's plotting. He's planning. He's executing. He's on the roll. He's committed now. Cain had refused to confess and to repent. Instead, he chose to feed his anger and allow the beast of cultivated sin to leap upon his brother. It's a choice. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. No doubt computers are one of the greatest contributions to mankind, but when you introduce just one virus, well, the entire system can become corrupt. Well, Pastor Xavier explains how we as beings are not much different, especially when we begin to play with sin. Today, he takes us back to the book of Genesis to witness firsthand what happens when we let sin rule in our life. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 through 16, and the message is entitled, The First Bad Seed, Cain. The number of people who have destroyed their lives by a series of ongoing bad decisions or one major decision is not few in the history of man. Cain is just the first after his parents. Cain should be a warning to all of us, lest we think that we are the exception to the destruction by sin in our lives. And so what we want to do is look at the life of the first family outside the Garden of Eden with sin nature in operation in full force. Everything's different now. Sin nature has been introduced. Man has no more control unless they're totally dependent upon God, as we'll see. And so our focus will be on the account of Cain here killing his brother Abel, which is revealed to us in a simple threefold division. Let me read our text for us here. Adam knew his wife. And um, she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time, uh, his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain was the tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the first fruit of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. And so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And his desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said... I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And so now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth, and it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, 
Whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. And then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod in the east of Eden. This tragic event of the murder of Abel by Cain unfolds for us in three divisions. We have the men, Cain and Abel, in verse 1 and 2. Second, we have the sin of Cain, verse 3 through 8. And then we have the judgment of Cain in verse 9 through 16. The men, Cain and Abel. Cain was the first son of Adam and Eve. His father, um, Adam, knew his mother, and the word knew there is a euphemism for sexual intercourse, and she conceived... 23 chromosomes from Adam, 23 chromosomes from Eve, and they comprise together, having characteristics of each parent, the blessing of God in marriage. First woman to be pregnant. The delivery was that of the first infant from the first parents who were sinners and the first baby to be born as a sinner. Chapter 5, verse 3, when we get there, Adam begot a son, Seth, in his image, fallen. The only ones who are born into the world now are sinners. The proverb says that children go, come from the womb speaking lies, and we thought they were crying. I've given you often the illustration, when you go to a hospital, see a baby, put your face right up against that glass as everybody's there looking at the babies and say, oh, look what a cute little sinner. They'll well, look at you, what, no problem, because that's what they are. It means that Cain had no potential for pleasing God. He could do nothing to change his unregenerated soul or to repent with godly sorrow. He could not exercise faith on his own. It was all dependent upon God as God would call upon him and give him the ability to. The scriptures are very, very clear that only God can save and change. No one else. He was a slave to sin now. He had no potential to say no to sin in a fallen nature. Now, the birth process must have been astonishing in itself to Adam and Eve. They've never seen a baby born. And all of a sudden, her tummy keeps growing, everything else, and all of a sudden there it is, and this baby comes out of her womb. (laughs) It's a miracle. Every man should be in there. You'll appreciate your wife a little bit more. (laughs) It's amazing. Notice his mother Eve declared... I have acquired a man from the Lord. The name Cain means begotten or acquire. Some have pointed out to the proper root meaning of spear or smith uh, as a worker of metal, but there's no basis for that. Uh, Her very proclamation denies this. It was a man that she acquired from the Lord. Uh, The expression was a proclamation of her belief, really, in the promise of God. Remember the seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15? That she believed that God would send a deliverer. And even perhaps the hope that maybe this was the one. In fact, the word man there is ish. It's a word play. She had been taken from man. She should be called woman for she was taken from the man. Now she is saying, I have begotten a man. And there's a word play between the two. Now some have interpreted that she is boasting. You know, I was taken from man, but now I have created a man myself. But that's not what it's talking about. 
There's the wordplay, and it's her faith and hope in the promise of Genesis 3.15. For it says the phrase is from the Lord, being the acknowledgement of the Creator who endowed her with the blessing to procreate, according to Genesis 1.28. Now, notice in verse 2, Cain had a brother. He's the second born to Adam and Eve. Abel is the name. It means vapor, transitory, or breath, perhaps in view of his short life to come through the murder. We're not sure. Abel was a keeper of the sheep, a shepherd. Cain was a till of the ground, a farmer. We don't know the difference of ages. No time element is given to us, so it's all speculation. We don't know. It is interesting that Cain is mentioned 18 times in chapter 4 of Genesis, but in no other part of the Old Testament. Cain is mentioned in the New Testament, but only three times in a negative way. Hebrews 11.4, 1 John 3.12, and Jude 1.11. Cain is identified with the family of the Kenites, the tribe from which the father-in-law of Moses was a member of, which lived near between southern Palestine and the mountains of Sinai. Uh, you can look up Numbers 24.22 and Judges 4.11. One incredible pleasure it is to have your first child. You remember? A child represents the beginning of your extended family. The child is a composite of you and your spouse. The child is the beginning of new motivation, if you will, for living in such a way that brings the greatest benefit for the child. You think differently. You act differently. You make decisions differently. Psalm 127.3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Because everything else you're going to leave behind. But your children, they're part of you. And if you think your children are something, wait till you have grandchildren. It's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> the men were Cain and Abel. Notice the sin of Cain is presented next, verse 3 through 8. In verse 3 through 5, Cain and Abel brought their offerings to God. All of a sudden, were thrust before the worship of God, both of these young men. The time is said to be in the process of time, describing an indefinite measure of time without number. We're not sure. The man Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord in verse 3. And the word brought means to carry or to introduce before the Lord. The practice of worship was known and practiced being passed down from their parents. They understood this. There was a place. We don't know the location. It's not given to us. Could have been the gate of Eden. Could have been apart from there. We're not sure. But it was practice. And there was a relationship to God. Now notice the man Abel brought of the firstling of the flock in verse 4 there. And of the fat. The firstling means the firstborn. According to Exodus 13.2 and 12.15. That would be the law in certain cases. Uh, the fat was the choicest part of the animal. Later again. Uh, described and prescribed by the law in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, Exodus, different portions. But notice the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering, it says. There are some and many who have made commentary that the reason for this rejection and acceptance is because Abel gave a blood sacrifice and Cain of the ground, and the law says it has to be with blood. Uh, nonsense. 
this is the beginning. The law hasn't even been given. And not only that, the law did allow non-blood sacrifices to be offered, okay? Uh, there's nothing that tells us here it was for sin, for anything else. This is just coming before the Lord. What is interesting to note is that here the focus is on the individual, not the sacrifice. In fact, the Septuagint translation, the Greek translation of the Hebrew, tends to support that type of false commentary by saying that this verse means that Abel offered the correct sacrifice, but nothing in the text says that. So we want to stick to the text. There's nothing in here that would give us that idea. The scriptures do give a reason why God accepted the one and rejected the other. Cain's offering was rejected because of his heart, the conditions of his heart, according to the New Testament. Listen to Hebrews 11.4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified of his gifts, and through it, being dead, still speaks. He was righteous. That's the reason he accepted it. Now, Abel was in right relationship with his brother, his mother, his father. Evidence that he was right with God. The vertical dictates the horizontal. Very, very important. 1 John 3, 11 and 12 says, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, Poneros. Not only does he do evil things, but he likes making others evil. And murdered his brother. And why did he murder his brother? Here we go. Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. The New Testament commentary on the old and the new always interprets the old. Very simple principle. One was righteous, the other one was ponderous, wicked, the heart. The sin of envy and jealousy was the reason Cain's gift was not accepted by God. It's real simple. Jude 1.11 says, Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, who has brute beasts in their natural thinking, corrupting themselves. The heart. Here you have the godly seed and the ungodly seed. These lines run all the way through the Bible. Abel's going to be killed. Seth is going to pick up the line of the godly. And so you always have the two, the godly and the ungodly, the saint and the ain't, the in and the out. That's just the way it is. Now, notice at the end of verse 5, Cain responded in anger at the rejection of his offering. Cain's inner conflict is described as very angry, a work of the flesh in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. The adjective very marks the intensity, meaning exceedingly abundantly and great. Alter rage <laughs> from within. Angry, hot, furious, burning towards God, towards his brother. Cain's outer countenance was fallen. Notice. His facial expression was an expression of inner reality, discontent, and resentment. Sooner or later, what you won't talk about, you'll act out. If you're married, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> What's wrong, honey? Nothing. Mm -hmm. Slam the door. Mm -hmm. Interesting. His facial countenance was a mere reflection of his heart condition. A fit of violent rage in the heart. But we're good at masking things for a while. 
Notice verse 6 and 7, Cain was called to repent by God. God is so good. God never misses an opportunity to call you to repent. Never. Notice, he asked Cain, why are you angry? Now, God did not ask Cain in order to know the reason. God already knew it. God asked Cain in order for Cain to examine his heart and to confess his sin, even as he did with his father. Sin is already present here in the heart, but not fully manifested in any form of deed outwardly yet. Not yet. This is a parallel to the question God posed to his father Adam. Where are you in chapter 3, verse 9? The answer to both questions, his father and his, the answer should have been, out of fellowship with God. <laughs> Where are you? Out of fellowship. Why are you angry? Out of fellowship. He asked Cain a second question. Why is your countenance fallen? God, again, wanted Cain to know that sin cannot be hidden. It will reveal itself in thought, in word, or in deed, in action. Matthew 15 18 through 20 says it's from the heart that proceeds evil thoughts, fornications, adultery, so on and so forth. God wanted Cain to see that sin is not harmless, but it affects man's demeanor, perspective, attitude, and character. It will scar you. Like a flood scars the face of the earth, sin will scar your life and mine. This also is a parallel to the second question to Adam, who told you you were naked in chapter 3, verse 11. The answer to both Adam and Cain's question was conviction of sin, seeking confession. Notice in verse 7, the Lord gave to Cain two choices. He's saying nothing. You've been there, parents? You're telling your son, your daughter? And you know all the information? You're nailing them, but they're taking it in, but they're not saying nothing? But you can see the wheels turning. You see smoke coming out of the head. What's going on here? Two choices. If he did well, he would be accepted. The doing well had to do with being like Abel. The doing well meant the acknowledgement of his sin, confessing, abandoning for forgiveness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John 1 9. God is seeking confession. He wants in part forgiveness. The result will be fellowship with God and with his fellow man, which will be the result of joy. 1 John 1, 1 through 4. Fellowship with God, fellowship with each other, what a joyous life. And we keep those things short. Accounts short. Then his offering would be accepted. That's the first choice. If he did not do well, repent of his sin, he would not be accepted. No bargaining. Straight out. Sin would lie at the door, meaning his envy, his jealousy, his anger would lead him to greater sin. And here it is portrayed in a real picturesque way. Sin nature's desire would be towards sin as one to master and rule over his life from one sin to another. Sin nature and sin would destroy him. The possible choices imply that Cain had the ability to turn from his sin by the provisions of God. No excuse. When God asks a person, you want to be forgiven, 
that means he can. When God brings conviction, that means he can give them the strength to turn. We can justify ourselves, excuse ourselves with other people, but not before God. And if you're a Christian, you know that even justification between people holds no water. Because I always put the person back to God's responsibility as a Christian. The text is a picture of a ravenous beast crouching, ready to leap upon its prey. The beast is sin that lies at the door of the heart and the mind of Cain to destroy. Others and himself. That's sin. As you know, this phrase we've shared already appears three times in 3.16, where the woman's desire would be to usurp authority of the man, her desire source her husband. That's in the negative. You have the battle of the sexes. Here it is for the second time. Sin nature to master and destroy a person. And the third one in Song of Solomon 7.10, as the sexual desire of a woman for her husband to be, and nothing wrong with that. So the context dictates what kind of mastery and desire it is. Notice in verse 8 that Cain said nothing. What he does is he makes a decision to not pay heed. Cain murders his brother, Abel. Cain chooses not to deal with his sin, but to take things into his own hands. This is always a mistake. Cain talked with his brother, Abel, as they were in the field. Now, the Greek Septuagint, again, the Greek translation, adds uh, the phrase Cain, uh, that Cain was saying, let us go into the field. It's not found in the text. It's just in there. The location, notice, was far enough away from any witnesses or help. The scenario was one of calculated premeditated murder. You follow the narrative here in the dialogue. He was angry. He was called to it. He didn't heed to it. He's thinking about it. He's plotting. He's planning. He's executing. He's on the roll. He's committed now. Cain was angry and resentful of his brother for having been accepted by God over him. Cain had refused to confess and to repent. Instead, he chose to feed his anger and allow the beast of cultivated sin to leap upon his brother. It's a choice. There's no excuse. There's no justification. And so Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Cain stood up. He walked towards Abel to assault him. This is the idea. Having all his unsuspecting trust. Whoa. They're brothers. He kills his brother Abel, meaning to slay or to destroy the magnitude of the treacherous act is marked by the twofold mention of his brother. His brother. The next verse, again, two times. His brother. The one who came from the same womb. The one who trusted him completely. That's why it's called treachery. If someone does you wrong who you don't know, it's a crime. When someone who you've opened your heart to and you've allowed to come in so close betrays you, that's treachery. That's treason. Cain's first impression must have been startling. This was the first time physical death of a man had been witnessed by man. What a horrible shock and pain this must have brought to Adam and Eve as they saw what they brought into the human race. Having had everything, they introduced the nature. 
and they have seen one of the most horrible extents of sin nature murder of a brother the promise of God had come to pass you shall surely die Pastor Xavier Reese and the consequence of sin now you can request a copy of today's intriguing study from Genesis called The First Bad Seed, Cain. It's available on CD for just $4. And this is one message you'll want to pass along to your brothers and sisters in the Lord. The title to ask for once again is The First Bad Seed, Cain. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you tell us the call letters of this station when you contact us. Well, it doesn't take much to become engrossed in sin, but you don't have to give in. Learn to fight back when you join Pastor Xavier Reese on the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 